Good day, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of the MedTech Business Academy podcast hosted by the uh, MedTech experts. Very excited here to start off the year uh, about something that, that most of us in the MedTech community don't always think about directly, um, but we're sitting at an interesting time in the world where if you look at how things used to line up 10, 15 years ago, there was medical devices, largely mechanical in some capacity. There was digital technologies that are out there. And now here, as we stand at the beginning of 2024, we have a convergence between the two. You know, there are medical devices that have all sorts of scanners on them and all sorts of tech ways to feed up in their data into the cloud. And everybody wants to get into the cloud and get information and data on things. We have wearables, we have telemedicine, we have remote patient monitoring systems, we have all these things that we didn't have years ago that are blend, leading to this blend and convergence of digital and, and mechanical in our world of medical technology. And one of the things that we don't talk about enough is there's a party, right? We're all, in our world, we're always talking about, hey, let's talk to the clinicians, the physicians, the nurses, the techs, et cetera. And then, oh yeah, let's get supply chain involved. And then let's talk about value analysis. But when you have all this, there's kind of that hidden person out there that sometimes either can be your best friend and support this, or they become that roadblock that you didn't see. And we're talking about the healthcare and the health system IT team. And so who better to talk to that, to our audience, than one of the most renowned healthcare IT professionals in the industry, Pat Zeno. And we're gonna introduce him in a second. Today, I'm fortunate to be uh, joined by my two MedTech pa uh, panelists, Barbara Strain and Mike Spurduty. And we're gonna talk to Pat in just a moment. So this, is the MedTech Business Academy. All right, so we're excited here. We've got Pat on. Pat, thank you very much for uh, for agreeing to be on our podcast today. Uh, I, I can tell you from my standpoint, I am really excited because we're talking to more and more, at least my organization, we're talking to more and more companies who are keep talking about, we're developing this digital platform. It's going to be amazing. And, you know, I'm kind of like, hey, did you talk to the guy who, you know, the IT team? I mean, you might want to get them involved. No, 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 no. The doctor said they were going to get it in uh, and we're good. Uh, it doesn't really work that way. So, you know, Pat, you're, you've been doing this for 25 years, right? Uh, yes. Yes. 25 years. So I guess the first question I want to ask you is from the day you started working to where we are today in 2024, how has the, the role of the health care, the health provider IT department and leadership, how has that changed? And what are some of the things that you've seen change in that quarter century? Um, and, and thanks for having me here uh, today. And uh, I appreciate um, the uh, invitation and, uh, and glad to participate. Um, you know, to, to get right to it, um, you know, over the last 25 years, I've seen, you know, just the IT department as a whole really start to change to become uh, more of a uh, business partner um, as opposed to, I'll say, as the order taker of, hey, we just bought this product. Now you have to go install it kind of thing. Um, and, and really uh, being looked at uh, to help drive uh, the business and, and you know, um, our, the overall business strategy forward um, within the communities uh, with the business units, you know, so, um, you know, the, the, you, 
clearly have a seat at the table um, and, um, and, and people are looking to, um, looking to the IT department to help find solutions um, and, and move things forward as opposed to just buying things and then trying to figure out how they fit into the environment. Um, that's probably one of the biggest things I've seen uh, really change over the course of that 25 years. So I have a question about your seat at the table now. So let's talk about a situation where it's gotten past clinical, they love the products, finance cost justifies, it's gonna produce a good return on investment or better patient outcomes or a differentiation that the hospital can bring in additional revenues through additional patients. And now it comes to you. How often is a deal crushed by IT because it just doesn't meet your requirements? Um, so, I'll say in, in, in today's world, um, not that often, but it's a different process, right? So the, the, the earlier that we can get involved in the, whatever it is, product, uh, business case, uh, you know, whatever problem we're trying to solve for, um, as long as we can get involved in that up front um, with the business unit to help find a product, uh, we find that we, we can be very successful in, in doing that, right? Um, the, the one challenge that we have is, you know, if we're not there and the business unit may find a solution out there that meets their business need, but doesn't necessarily always meet some of the IT requirements. And if it gets too far down the road, you know, then we're trying to work it backwards to now try and get something to conform. Right. So I think upfront, uh, if you have a good relationship, not only with the business unit, um, but also the clinical engineering teams uh, that are out there, because um, not all the providers in, in hospital systems have a commingled IT and clinical engineering department. They may be separate. Um, vendors may know that they may not know that the, the business unit doesn't really know exactly where does this piece of the puzzle fall. Um, and to Skender's earlier mention of all these devices are now getting interconnected. They need to get on the network. They need to push data into the EMR. They need to send stuff over to the cloud for some analytics that, that are being done. Um, nothing is siloed anymore, right? And, and if you are looking at a siloed product, it's probably not the right product uh, to, to get the job done in today's day and age, you know, so. So, so when you say upfront, right? And you say early in the process, is this after there's just general interest expressed by clinicians? Should they start bringing you in the process or when exactly is the right time and when it's too early? Um, so, you know, I, I think if you have, um, there's a governance process, right, which you kind of alluded to with finance gives an approval and, 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 you know, and that's usually a collective group um, from a value standpoint that's going to that's going to look at um, something to say whether it's going to move forward or not. Right. Um, but prior to that, uh, typically there is an assessment that's done. Right. An assessment does this. Does it fit? Does it meet the business need? Um, you know, where's the, the, the pilot uh, potentially if, if you're going to do a pilot of something? Um, and that's usually the communication point uh, with IT, right? And that'll also cover the cybersecurity pieces. And you certainly don't want to be spending um, your general counsel's time looking through contracts that aren't actually going to get signed and moved forward, right? So let's get through those pieces first. Let's make sure that, you know, we're, we're, we're conforming to any of the regulatory pieces that we need uh, to, to conform to. Um, 
obviously all of our HIPAA guidelines, um, you know, any of the GDP stuff, if that's uh, uh, applicable. Um, and, and those things start to get even more complex as you start to get into any of the large language models and AI and machine learning and all those things uh, that are that are all the big buzzwords uh, out there today start to get things to be, you know, a bit more complex and you, and you have a lot more uh, data privacy and security concerns that are usually top of mind um, with those products. And then kind of um, how is that data going to be used um, in, 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 in the environment? Is it for training? Is it for clinical use? You know, all those types of things. So um, that's typically, you know, if, if, you know, if, if I was walking into a facility today and I had the greatest widget, I would, you know, not only be looking to garner the support from that uh, business unit for it, um, which may be great from an endorsement standpoint, um, but I would be looking to speak with their clinical engineering team and their IT team um, as soon as possible. Most of them have forms that you could fill out. You know, they want to understand what security levels uh, your product has in it, built into it, um, how it interacts with any of the authentication mechanisms, you know, all those types of things. They want to know that up front and they can pretty much quickly get through them, you know, um, you know, where, where, how many of those make it through, don't make it through, you know, like I said, if we're in early enough, usually we can, we can, we can work with that vendor enough to get the product to where it needs to be. If that's really the product that, you know, um, and that's a give and take on both sides a little bit. Right. I mean, so, so there's certain things that uh, we may look for, let's say the product doesn't have today. And then we, then you say, Hey, well, okay. Um, can you build that into the product? You know, will you commit in a contract to have that in the product within six months? You know, cause we're not going to go live on this for, for another eight months anyway. You know what I mean? Like, so, uh, you know, there's ways to work through that, but when it's all the way at the finish line, it's really hard to kind of work those backwards. Was it, was there a time where you killed a project? <laughs> Do I have to answer that? Um, uh, no, I mean, to, 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 to be honest, um, I mean, there, there was projects that we would definitely flag risks on, um, you know, uh, regardless of, uh, of um, the, the, you know, the organization, uh, it's just from a, hey, these are security risks or these are technology risks. Um, and, you know, I, I, I don't necessarily look at it as the IT's job uh, to say no. You know, the ICE, our job there is to point out the risks or if there's a one-off process that needs to be created because it doesn't conform to how, uh, whatever, it doesn't support us, the, the patching products that, that we use to, to push patches out. Um, and it has to be a one-off. Well, there's a risk associated with that because now, you know, uh, whatever it is, uh, you know, whatever your patching cadence is, they got to go and do a one-off for that one system. They got to remember to do that, right? Um, which is a more operational work, right? Um, so, and you're trying to balance out how much time you spend in the operation versus driving the business forward, right? So those are all risks, right? But at the end of the day, if the product is going to, you know, uh, meet the need and do, uh, you know, increase your revenue, increase your care, um, you know, Know, get you better depth within a community. Um, you know, those are things that are business drivers that may outweigh some of those risks. Yeah, I remember back in the days, I always worked at an IT thinking forward uh, hospital system. And I have sort of a built-in family connection that also used to work in hospital computing and things. So I was always aware, but 
I was back in the days when people used to, I always used to invite IT when, you know, that it was basically uh, software as a service or whatever we're calling it today, the vestiges of it. And I would always call them in and I was back when they said, well, we're not putting anything in the cloud. It was always about who's going to host it and things. So we've gotten past a lot of that. But boy, when those security forms hit the suppliers and they're going, well, and they'd sort of give it to somebody and kind of answer it. And the answers just weren't there. So I think everybody's had a steep learning curve that you've got to dot those I's, cross those ITs. And um, really do all that diligence. So I think that our audience is hearing, you know, real-time information that's going to help them because there's too many folks that are talking about, you know, I have an app for that, or that's fine, we'll just do an interface, or we'll just put it in the cloud as euphemisms but they really need to understand what's important for those decisions. So you mentioned a buzzword a while ago, it's actually two words, but cybersecurity. Mm -hmm. So what should people be generally looking at either on the, the manufacturer side that's coming up with the device or the actual hospital, because they've been hit very hard, they're all over the news. So a little bit about cybersecurity from your viewpoint. What are some of the things to sort of see about uh, connection points? Um, so if I'm understanding uh, the, the question uh, correctly, you know, from, from, a, from a cyber standpoint in general, whether it's, you know, taking, a, taking it from a, from a healthcare side, you know, like a provider side mm -hmm. of, of look, um, you know, or, or viewpoint, um, you know, we, we look at things that, you know, how does the authentication integrate? Does it support multi-factor? What type of encryption is being used? Um, if it is uh, on a wireless uh, type of environment, um, what type of security um, are they supporting uh, in, that, in that environment? Um, how's the data stored? Where is it stored? Uh, is it offshored anywhere? That is a huge item. Um, you know, there, there, there's, there's countries that you just don't want to send data to. Um, and, and we get it, right? I mean, we're IT, right? It's a 24 by seven operation. So people use a follow the sun model. So those data centers may be, you know, around the globe, um, but where are they? Um, you know, how's the data stored? What's, uh, what's your last security audit? Uh, done. What does that look like? You know, those are all the the top of mind things uh, that we start to look at. You know, there, there's products out there that that rate. You know, the security posture of uh, vendors. You know, we're not just pulling numbers out of our hats. You know, this isn't a magic trick. It's uh, you know, it'll it will look and you know, you can easily see externally. Um, how well someone is maintaining their environment by what exposures are there. How long has that exposure been out there? You know, you, you can look at a company and say, well, this exposure is, a, is, you know, a year and a half old and you still haven't corrected that in your environment. So, you know, by, by third party, and that's where most of the data, you know, um, 
uh, breaches and those types of things that, that end up exposing uh, data are, are that, that we see are, are coming from. You know, it's mostly our third party uh, vendors that, you know, um, end up having uh, some sort of uh, issue that we didn't get notified about, right, uh, on, on the provider side of something um, and, and have to deal with. So, Pat, I was going to save this for later, but we can't, right? Uh, only because it's so prevalent. So let's talk about this. In our industry and in healthcare, there's a way, ton of acronyms, right? Mm -hmm. And just in your world, right? IT, CPU, thousand others. There's only really one acronym now that matters. And frankly, nobody even knows what it means. And it's AI. Okay. And so from a hospital provider perspective and talking to med tech executives, the hospitals are about to be inundated by all these healthcare medical device and medical technology companies, all with different AI platforms. I don't even think they know what it is. Right. And, and so they're all about to launch them in various silos, right? Radiology is going to get one. Oncology is going to get one. Remote patient monitoring, C ICU is going to get it. ER is going to get it, et cetera. As you're looking at all these, as a healthcare IT executive, what are some of the things that you and your C-suite executives across the hospital, operations, CEO, CFO, et cetera, are saying, this is where we really want to see the impact of AI. And as we get all these things siloed coming at us, where do you see the impact of AI really having true benefit for the hospital of tomorrow? You know, it's a it's an interesting question and a, and a great question. Um, you know, at the end of the day, we obviously want to improve patient care, improve the patient experience. Um, so those are the things that we we typically try and focus around um, in regards to AI specifically. You know, I think everybody has um, some concerns around the use of it and, and where is it really applicable, right? I mean, it, it can help with nurse burnout, right? I mean, it could certainly help alleviate uh, some nurse some nurse. Uh, burnout and and that could be in, in in a couple different ways, right? It could be as simple as a nurse call system that takes, you know, the 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 how do I change my TV channel, you know, uh, question and and answers that, right? So that a, a nurse doesn't have to be right all the way up to. Uh, being able to have, um, I was just reading an article on care pods, right? And you can basically get in this pod and it takes the primary care doctor out of the office and basically puts us in a, uh, you know, uh, basically like a virtual pod that you could get in um, at your local gym, let's say, right? And and they would be able to um, have a primary care visit there, right? And and you can, with a combination of AI and, and, and some uh, virtual reality uh, type of tools, um, be able to have that visit uh, anywhere, you know, um, and you know, and that makes it convenient, right? And it and it makes the the, the could make the patient experience a, a bit better because they don't necessarily have to go uh, to uh, directly to an office or a building or something like that, right? Um, so you know, that's obviously a, a bit out into the future, um, you know, but uh, more closer to to the things of uh, today. Um, you know, it, it, it 
you know, whether that's in radiology, right? I mean, just getting through images. I mean, you try and scan through 5,000 images by, by yourself, right? I mean, you'd be sitting there all day, right? But the computer can zip through them, find yep. an anomaly and just bring up the three images that have, you know, an anomaly and, and, and have um, a tech look at those uh, specific images, right? So, I mean, there's a lot of applicability uh, to the technology. Um, you know, and, and again, there's also some challenges of it, right? I mean, there's concerns around data privacy and security um, for any of the AI tools, um, any uh, bias or fairness issues, um, you know, and, and it's different, right? Whether it's data that's, whether it's tools that are gonna be used like in training data, right? Um, which could result in, you know, a misdiagnosis or, 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 or um, maybe even exclude certain demographic groups because they weren't uh, in it, you know, uh, kind of thing. So, um, and then obviously you get some, uh, some, some more regulatory challenges there with AI and some of the stuff that's getting uh, developed around that. Um, so, you know, th those are, those are some of the, you know, there's a lot of conversation around the ethical uh, pieces of AI generated decisions and, and things like that. Um, but you could certainly help, uh, you know, sort through, uh, you know, uh, notes, physician notes. I mean, there's a lot of applicability in, in, in how it could be applied across the, across a provider's environment. So, you know, one of the things I'm wondering about is, how do you measure the risk assessment of these devices, right? Where you're now relying on these devices to make decisions, like even brought up, it's gonna scan the reads and then where there's an anomaly, it's gonna bring the read to the radiologist, but maybe it didn't see the right, it didn't bring up the right ones or it missed some things. And so the technology fails and it's, and so where is the, that risk assessment and how is liability being handled and is that being addressed differently and is insurance changing and, you know, in terms of liability, how is that whole risk assessment liability piece uh, going to change with AI? Um, that's a, that's a great question. Um, probably be better answered by, by, uh, one of the risk management, uh, <laughs> type of folks that, that do the insurance piece of this. Um, but you know, I, I can say just having participated in some of the uh, some of the um, uh, evaluations for for like cyber insurance and those types of things, um, the the insurance companies that they certainly ask a lot of questions. They have a lot of questionnaires that that you know you kind of get that you have to fill out um, around your current environment and, and how that is secured. I guess to the medical device itself. Um, you know, I would leave that to the medical device um, uh, manufacturers and, and, and the approvals that they're getting, um, you know, to, you know, like, a, a, let's say pumps, right? I mean, pumps weren't always wireless and they had to go through a process to get to be wireless. Um, now, the, the, the data integrity of our wireless network obviously is on the IT department, uh, but how that... Um, medical devices is working across it is is really on the medical device manufacturer one of the things just before we went on the air we were generally talking about were the readiness of healthcare systems and you talk about um what investment dollar investments should they be making 
And are they making the right decisions to invest in the right things? So if you had to make, you know, a top list of health sh systems should make sure that X, Y, and Z are definitely invested in so they're not like left behind or have uh, improved business practices. Um, well, I'll put on the top of that uh, list, um, Wow, oh, there's so many things just running through my head right now. Uh, but <laughs> on the top of that list, I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna put the their cybersecurity posture, because um, you certainly don't want to get into any of these uh, technologies, any of these uh, large language models, or anything that's you know um, a little bit more advanced, um, and have a bunch of exposures, right? Because um, that will literally just cripple. Um, your the the organization um, and really kind of stop your your advancement. Um, outside of that, I, I would say before you even make a, a, an investment is you know have a good governance model um, because that's going to help shape those investments, right? Um, you know you you could you could build the the fastest car in the world. Um, but if you don't have the right person behind the steering wheel, right, it, it, it's not going to be of the best value um, to you. So, you know, on the IT side, you know, we can't really operate alone. I mean, yeah, there's foundational items like network infrastructure and the technology pieces and, and the security pieces that operate, I'll say, a bit behind the scenes. Um, that need to be maintained and current, um, but you know whether whether you need a you know dark fiber network or you can use um, you know a, a different type of connectivity um, really is driven by what the business need is. So you know understanding that and then planning out your investments is is pretty key. Otherwise. Your IT guys are, you know, they'll do the normal upgrades, right? And and you know, product goes end of life, and you got to upgrade it, and you adding capacity, and you know, you're doing a strategic plan, and you're figuring a ten percent, you know, capacity growth each year on onto your products and in infrastructure um, to move those things forward. Um, but you know, with without understanding uh, a, a bit more about what the business drivers are. Um, that would really fine tune those investments. Right, and and how I dovetail this back to our audience is if they're aware of these things, then they can be asking these questions when they go in to meet with certain you know IT and other individuals. How is your establishment of this particular network or whatever? Because then they can have a better conversation to your earlier point. Maybe they need to upgrade something before they go live or whatever and make those decision points. Great points. Thanks. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Like, and it was funny, even just in the beginning of our call, you know, it was kind of like, have you ever? you know, stop the deal from happening or, you know, it, 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 it kind of kind of comes across almost like this adversarial kind of uh, you know, <laughs> um, environment. And that is that is not a, obviously a good a, a good thing at all. Um, you know, the, the approach there needs to be collaborative, right, uh, to really make it work and, you know, and, and asking, 
asking the same questions that we're going to ask you as the medical device uh, manufacturer. Uh, you're probably going to want to know uh, from us, you know, uh, from from a from a provider, right? To say, hey, um, what wireless network are you running here? You know how how you know. What type of bandwidth are, are you guys? Do you guys, you know, segment? How's how? Are, you know, I mean, we don't need to get into the devils and details of, of, of that, but understanding uh, that and having someone within, um, you know, I'll say sometimes the uh, in just previous experiences, um, the 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 sales reps are afraid to engage their IT guy with the provider IT guy, like, you know, we have this, you know, you have a security questionnaire that you're putting out there. But I'm going to be honest, we're really not looking for the salesperson to fill it out. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no offense to you sales guys, you know, uh, you know, we're, so Pat, we're, looking there's, to there's, start, we're looking to fill that out so that we can start an IT conversation with an IT person. So, so there's no coincidence that your nickname is Deal Crusher, by the way, right? I mean, that's just, that's <laughs> just um, maybe that's Skender's <laughs> name or something. <laughs> certainly not. Certainly not my name. Yeah. Uh, in, in all in all seriousness, what you you had mentioned something that I thought was fascinating. Again, I don't know anything about this, and I'm certain there's a lot of people that don't. And they're building technologies, or they're looking at things, and they're making some really fundamental errors. Like one of the things you had mentioned was you can't house your data in certain countries, right? What countries are those? What are the other no, like, are there just some no brainer things that, you know, folks that are listening to this just need to be aware of that are just easy for you to convey to us? Yeah, you can, you can certainly go on to any of the um, Homeland Security, uh, you know, uh, cybersecurity websites and, and, and they'll have a list of, of, of information there, countries. Um, you know, if you're looking at cybersecurity models, obviously there's NIST and all that. Um, you can look at um, uh, the Department of Defense. You know, they have a they have a they have an awesome model. Yeah, I mean, you could Google it, pull up the document, um, and and how they do, uh, you know, kind of apply cybersecurity into into technology. Um, that's all. That's all great stuff to to use as a reference if you were out there to try and develop something uh, new. Um, you know, uh, for, for healthcare. Awesome. Yeah. Pat, uh, information technology is typically, you know, progressive in, in thought, behavior, et cetera. And, you know, so many of recent ideas come out of Silicon Valley, et cetera, and everything that we've been able to get. And, you know, I can imagine sometimes on the information technology side in healthcare, moving this freighter, um, not at the speed of Google or Facebook or Apple, et cetera, is probably frustrating. Yet, at the same token, and I know having spoken with you directly during that time, in 2020, you guys had to move at the speed of light. You had to move with a, you know, in bringing on telepresent platforms and kind of setting up this new hospital in a new way to triage patients and see patients in a totally different way than, than has ever been done before. You know, do you feel like there's been a massive regression back to the norm of, man, we're gonna move at the pace of molasses? Or do you think that we've actually moved the bar some as a result of that 2020 kind of, we have to move? Um, yeah, so I'm not so sure about the whole pace of molasses, um, <laughs> because 
I can tell you that uh, it, it's healthcare IT is nonstop. It, it's 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And, and, and because that's the function of the business, right? I mean, yep. the business is operating the same, right? 24 by seven. It's not that IT is, 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 is special uh, that way. Um, it's just the way that, that the business works. Right. Um, so I, I meant more rate anything, of change. That's what I understood. I understood. Well, you know, and, and change may take a, a little bit of, of time, especially when you're dealing with people's lives, right? I mean, so it's not so easy, right? You got to get things through FDA and all that type of yep. stuff, right, uh, for approvals. Um, but, you know, to answer your question, um, you know, I think it accelerated. You know, I, I, I think the ability to bring in some of those technologies uh, quickly and show how useful they are, whether that's telemedicine solutions, you know, whether all the different things that that kind of went on during that that time frame um, to to keep healthcare uh, moving forward. And it's amazing job, uh, not just from a technology standpoint, but if you look at what the nurses, the physicians, I mean, the whole place came together um, to 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 you know the the. I should say the whole industry, uh, as opposed to place, um, came together uh, to really um, make it through uh, that time. Um, you know, but I, but I think having uh, those technologies uh, come in certainly, um, I feel today has helped accelerate. Actually, not kind of take us back. Um, you know, moving forward, uh, and and that pace is kind of still there. Awesome. So the other thing that I wanted to ask about is, is the other part of healthcare, obviously, is the proliferation of wearables. Um, and we're getting more and more into the wearable revolution, right? This watch is is get, it's going to be a medical device pretty soon, right? Apple just got hit with their pulse oximeter issue uh, that they had to pull, et cetera, et cetera. But we're getting more to that point. What are some of the things that, that I guess, excite you from a health IT perspective? What are the things that give you concern as we talk about more, more proliferation of wearables? Um, so... The thing that really excites me is that it, it it moves everything outside of the actual hospital, right? Um, and and why is that exciting? Because it allows to have a much more personalized experience, a much you know I I, I think um, better experience for the for the patient, um, and because they can be in their home setting. They, they could really almost be anywhere, right? And, and um, which is a kind of a new thought process, right? For From a healthcare standpoint, everyone's always used to going to either the physician's office or the hospital. And, you know, um, those wearables, um, and, and it's not just wearables, it's things that could be in your home too. It doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, physically attached uh, to you all the time. Um, I, I think um, are allowing um, healthcare to grow in, in, into other, you know, in, in, in new ways that that it hasn't really been used before from a from a healthcare standpoint. You know, um, some of these things have been around for a long time, right? I mean, yeah, I'm sure someone has 
signed into their bank account from their phone at a traffic light. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, like that's second nature, right? right. But you used to, banking used to be a localized thing, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but I think, you know, some of the things that concern me about that is it also flattens the landscape. You know, it, like it, it doesn't have to be local anymore. Your healthcare provider could be in Colorado or they could be in New York or they could be in Texas or they could be on the other side of the globe. Um, so it certainly flattens the playing field a little bit. Um, and it opens up a lot of doors, uh, for other, you know, you see every, you see the CVS, the Walgreens, I mean, everybody, you know, is getting into that or trying to get into the healthcare, uh, space, right. As a, as some sort of provider. So if you looked into your crystal ball, did you <laughs> think of, yeah. The crystal ball. Uh, could you see one thing that's kind of coming around uh, the corner? We did, we did a whole thing about what's coming around the corner about a few months ago. But anything you can kind of see or visual visualize coming around the corner, IT wise. Um, you know, I, I think you're going to see, you know, a lot of the process automation uh, pieces uh, start to come in play, especially as the AI um, pieces start to, to take shape, um, which will, you know, just provide the, the, uh, the efficiencies, the business operations pieces, um, those things, um, I, I think will, will start to um, really start to take shape with some of the language models and, and those types of things. Great. Awesome. Well, we're, we're kind of reaching at the, the peak of our timing. So uh, we're going to start to wrap up. And Pat, we do this with kind of some final thoughts. So I'll let you get the very final, final thought here. Uh, Barbara, what are, what are some of your final thoughts? Well, I think it's been great because it's talking about the evolution, where we are today, and how the med tech uh, businesses and organizations can keep up with that and advance and make sure that everybody's collaborating. I think that was one of the best messages for our audience. And it's not, you know, a, a get out of jail type thing and, and that sort of stuff, but really collaborating and understanding all those points. Thanks a lot, Pat. Yeah. Mike? So uh, I don't think you're a deal crusher, by the way. I think you're a deal. I think you're a deal maker, meaning. And, and I'm glad that you have a seat at the table and the voice is so loud because obviously, you know, as we move forward, you know, AI and the choosing the right technologies to support patient care and the patient data protection is extremely important to all of us as citizens, right? So appreciate everything that you do. My question is this: you know, I'm, I'm the guy that. I always surround myself with experts and, you know, obviously you're an expert and for our, our audience, you'd mentioned that, are you doing some consulting now? And do you do consulting on the medical device side? So if somebody needs, cause I like the fact that you worked on the other side, you know, it's like the DA who is now the criminal defense attorney. So do you do stuff <laughs> like that? <laughs> uh, sure. I, I would certainly, um, uh, I, I would not neglect the, the medical device uh, uh, manufacturers um, at all. Um, but uh, yes, I, I do uh, some consulting work. Um, and it's pr primarily right now on the, on the provider side, but I uh, would be happy to talk to, to, to anyone. Be fascinating. Thank you. 
Great point. Pat, thank you uh, very much. Really appreciate you making the time. Really excited to uh, have our audience learn and speak with you. And per, per what Mike was just saying, I highly encourage our audience. I mean, having speak, you know, we, we probably speak with anywhere between 15 and 30 different med tech companies every month. And, you know, when I hear them developing a new piece of technology, they're always focused on how do I get the, how do I get the engineer in place? How do I get the, the electrical engineer? How do I get the, uh, the, the, the programmer uh, logged in? And, and, you know, I think they also have to be talking about how do I get somebody like you? to help me get over the hump so I'm not missing any sort of issues and have you come in and crush somebody's hopes and dreams with breaking the deal uh, like you like to do. Uh, but, <laughs> but, you know, having you really provide some incredible insight um, and showcase for them the things that they're not seeing, the things that they don't understand. You know, we, we, we're a market that's based on trying to develop technologies to help patients. And this is a digital world. And I think if they can look at all at all corners and working with somebody like you and getting your insight, I think it's going to be provide tremendous value. So uh, I'm hoping that we can have you back on Pat at some time um, and, and speak even further to our audience and educate them further. But thanks again for making the time. Uh, what are your final thoughts? Thanks, and I would like to thank uh, all of you for for uh, for taking the time uh, to talk with me. Um, it, it's my, I would say if I if I leave with one thought, I would say one thing we didn't talk about was integration, um, and that's something just to to think about if you really want to have a great patient experience. Uh, the product really needs to be able to integrate. Um, whether that's with the EMR or, you know, any other uh, system uh, that's going to be on the patient facing uh, side of that so that it's not siloed off into, into, into one uh, a separate area or somewhere else that someone's got to go. Um, so don't be afraid of the IT department, you know, just uh, ask for them uh, when, when you come through the door the same way you may ask for the clinical engineering department uh, or, or the business unit um, themselves. Love it. Uh, thanks again. We appreciate it. Thank you to our audience again for tuning in. Uh, please be make an effort to uh, join the uh, our sister podcast, the Women in MedTech. Uh, they, especially this latest one, it has some incredible data and some very insightful points that I think everybody be uh, would benefit to learn. So please take some time to check out their podcast as well. But we appreciate everybody, and we look forward to another episode coming up soon. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Bye-bye.